Daniel chapter 10, I'm going to read to you out of the New King James Version. I'm going to read to you verses 10 through 13. I'll give you just a moment to turn there. I believe they're going to put it for you on the screen as well. My name is Caleb Gordon. I am 34 years old, been preaching 15 years, preached in 16 states. I go anywhere and everywhere that the Lord would open the door. So excited to be here with you this evening. I live in Gardendale, just about 25, 30 minutes away. And uh, there's no place I'd rather be than in God's house with God's people. Amen. 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 This is my first time to minister here. Uh, second time to actually be in a service. I came, I can't remember either earlier this year, I think perhaps it's actually last year. I came one Sunday evening when y'all had a prayer service. And uh, like Pastor Tyler said, uh, we've just been friends ever since we met. And so it means a lot to me that he not only would allow me to come to minister his church, but the fact he'd allow me to do it and he's not even here because that means he trusts me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So make sure to tell him I did a good job so I can come back. Amen. <laughs> Amen. People look at me like, dude, we don't even know if we like you yet or not. <laughs> hey, feelings mutual. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, keep Pastor Tyler in your prayers. That's awesome. The fact that he got to go to California to be a part of that. Uh, that's truly wonderful. And so just keep him in your prayers for travel and mercies. Uh, just give you a little bit of, of idea what my itinerary is like. Just this past Sunday, I preached in Mount Olive, just 10 minutes from Gardendale. Uh, this time next week, Sunday through Wednesday, I'll be doing a revival in Phil Campbell. In the month of October, I preached in four different states. I preached in small churches, big churches, anywhere and everywhere. Uh, how many of you know that we're not in the last days, but we're in the final hours? Amen. Amen. We got to be busy doing the Lord's work. Because Jesus is coming soon, and truth be told, even if he waits a while, how many of you know people are dying and going to hell every single day? Amen. So we got to share the gospel. Daniel chapter 10, look with me, beginning at verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you while he was speaking this word to me. I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Here it is that this is a messenger. This is an angel from the Lord telling Daniel that from the first day that you prayed, from the first day that you humbled yourself before the before the Lord, your God. The Lord heard your prayers. Here it is, though. It took three whole weeks, 21 days before Daniel got the answer. I'm a firm believer here tonight that God answers prayer. We may not get the answer as fast as we like. And honestly, sometimes the answer may not be what we like. Sometimes the answer may be no. But I'm a firm believer that God is not silent. God is not mute. And God answers prayer. But my question to you here tonight is, I want to ask you, how do you respond when the answer is delayed? Amen. If you would bow your heads with me here this evening. 
Lord, I pray you have your way. I pray, God, you touch us all from the top of our head, Lord Jesus, down the soles of our feet. Lord, I pray you be with Pastor Tyler and every single pastor around the world there in California, that you will move and minister to them by the power of your spirit. Lord, I pray for, for the kids right now that may be in children's church or whatever is going on. Lord, I pray for those that are sick, those that are shut in, those that are traveling, those that are on the job, those that are unable to be here tonight. Lord, I pray for those that are watching by way of live stream that you will move through the stream by the power of the Holy Spirit, touch them and encourage them as well. I pray, Lord, for every single soul in this sanctuary under the sound of my voice that you will touch them and speak to them. And Lord, no matter what season they're in, no matter their circumstances, no matter their situation, what they may be going through, no matter what they're battling, no matter what they may be facing, I pray, Father, Lord, that we will all continue to be people of prayer and that we will seek your perfect will. Have your way here tonight, Lord, and touch us by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Here it is in Daniel chapter 10, beginning of the chapter. It says in verse 2, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Verse 3, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all three, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So here it is that Daniel was seeking the Lord for 21 days for three weeks that he denied himself. Isn't it amazing how he denied himself for three whole weeks? Nowadays, we can't even get people to do it for three minutes. Amen. I grew up in the Methodist church, got saved in the Methodist church, and I remember uh, when I was a teenager, uh, I, went to a, I started going to a Pentecostal church, and my parents left the Methodist church and followed me to the Spirit-filled church. i never forget when I was a teenager, the pastor stood up uh, toward the end of December, and he said, church, he said, in the month of January, I'm calling a 21-day Daniel fast. Now, keep in mind, I was a teenager at that time, so when I heard him say that, I was thinking to myself, you have fun with that. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we're at home, and my parents are talking to me, and my parents tell me, hey, you know what? The pastor called the church to 21 day Daniel fast. We're going to do the same. And I was thinking to myself, both of y'all have fun with that. <laughs> and then my parents are like, oh, no, we're not just doing it. We're all going to do it. You included. Amen. So that's the kind of household I grew up on. I grew up in. I mean, I was going to do the 21 day Daniel fast, even if I didn't want to. Amen. <laughs> but how many of you understand that we have to deny ourselves of worldly pleasures and different things and spend time with God. Amen. Notice again what he said. I ate no pleasant food, no meat, nor wine came into my mouth, nor did I nort myself at all till three full weeks were fulfilled. I believe one of the worst things of all is that simply people are just kind of like living on the hamster's wheel of life, just running in circles a million miles per hour, not going anywhere because they're always so caught up and with the business of this world that they don't ever take one-on-one -on -one time to spend with God in prayer. Amen. How many of you know that simply life should be centered around God and his glory? How many of you understand that God is a jealous God? Have you ever had a jealous girlfriend or jealous boyfriend? Can I tell you God's even worse? Amen. <laughs> but how many of you understand that he deserves to be number one and he should never be number two, nor should he be put on the back burner? And even though our wives and our husbands and our and our children and our grandchildren are gifts from God, how many of you know that if you put them before God, you have made them an idol? But how many of you know that God should always be number one? Yes. Amen. 
So here it is that he denied himself as he was seeking the Lord. He says in verse 10, suddenly a hand touched me. And he says in the end of verse 11, he stood trembling. Why was he trembling? Who was it that touched him? Was it a man? No, it was a messenger from God. It was an angel that had touched him and he had a word and a message for him. Notice in verse 12, then he said to me, do not fear Daniel. How many of you are thankful here today that the Lord is still telling his people not to fear? Amen. How many of you know in 2020 when COVID broke out that we didn't have to fear? How many of you know that even with inflation at an all time high, whether it's getting worse or better, whatever the case may be, to be honest, I don't even keep up with it because I'm kind of like David. I was young and now I'm old, never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Instead of complaining about the price of eggs, I'm just thankful I've got the money to still buy them. Amen. But how many of you know here today that the Lord is still telling us not to fear? Even though there's wars, even though there's rumors of wars, even though there's inflation, even though it seems like that there's multiple wars going on and all kind of craziness and nonsense going on in the world and in America and even right here in our very own area. How many of you know, friends, that if you were a child of God, if you're a daughter or, or, or a son of the most high God, you have nothing to fear. And can I tell you, friends, if there's something keeping you up late at night that's causing you to fear, causing you to worry and giving you anxiety and depressions, newsflash, it's not from God. The Bible says in the book of Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And how many of you are thankful here tonight that Jesus Christ is always right there? How many of you are thankful that he's with us in the calm? He's with us in the storm. He's with us in the good times and the bad times. He's with us when everything is going great. He's with us when it's going wonderful. He's with us when it seems like we're blessed. He's with us when it seems like everything's falling apart. How many of you know that Jesus is always right there? He told the disciples, oh, I'll be with you always until the end of the age. And how many of you are thankful that God is always faithful? So I want to tell you here tonight, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're battling, no matter what you're up against, whether you lost a job, whether the doctor said that you have cancer and only six months to live. I want to tell you, friends, do not fear, but put your trust in the Lord. Here it is. that I find this to be so interesting. In verse 12, he says, from the first day that you set your heart to understand. And to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. How many of you believe here tonight that God still hears us when we pray? Here it is that he said, humble yourself. How many of you know we all need to humble ourselves? Amen. Thanksgiving's coming up and we need a big slice of humble pie. Then we need to get some key lime pie too. Amen. <laughs> but we must humble ourselves and he set his heart to understand. He says at the end of verse 12, I have come because of your words. Verse 13. But the prince, the kingdom of Persia, withstood me 21 days. Just think about that for a moment. So here it is that the, that the messenger from God, the angel of God is telling Daniel, hey, from the first day, God heard your prayer. But however, the king, the, prin the prince of Persia withstood me 21 days. In other words, he delayed the angel, the messenger of God or from God to get to Daniel. How is it that a man can withstand an angel or a messenger from God? Because he's not talking about a man. 
but simply he's talking about the devil. Here it is that he says in the very next part of the verse, Michael, one of the chief priests, who is he talking about? He's talking about Michael, the archangel. One of the chief priests came to help me for I'd been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, see, here's the amazing thing. Us in the natural can't always see what's going on in the spirit realm. Amen. So there are times in which that you may be praying and the answer may be delayed for whatever reason. But one thing that we can learn from Daniel here tonight is if you've been praying and you've been seeking the Lord, how many of you understand that sometimes you just got to push? In other words, sometimes you just have to pray till something happens. I believe here tonight that there's so many times that people give up when they're just on the verge of a breakthrough. See, what if Daniel would have gave up praying before them, but notice that he was not going to stop? Amen. How many of you know that we just got to keep on keeping on? I think about my life. When I was born, I was born a crack baby, meaning that my biological mother, she did drugs when she was pregnant with me. The doctor said that I would never walk, said I'd never talk. They said I'd be mentally retarded. The reason for this was because I was having seizures every 30 seconds when I was first born. She gave me up for adoption when I was just three days old. Didn't want anything to do with me because of health problems, even though it was a result of her own fault. Two people by the name of Benny and Patty Gordon, they were foster parents at that time. They would take these babies in for three to four months and find them a good home. However, they had me for over two years. Why two years? Because a sad truth reality is when most people go to adopt a baby, they want to adopt a perfectly healthy one, not ones the doctor saying isn't going to make it. My mom, Patty Gordon, she always said, Benny, if one of these babies ever call me mommy, it's going to be mine. You know what happens when the baby turns two? It can begin talking. One day I called that lady mommy and the rest was a wrap. They didn't care about the doctor's report. They didn't care about the seizures. They didn't care about the fact they're in their 40s and their 50s at the time. They didn't care the fact they had two grown boys that already moved out of the house. They didn't care the fact that they didn't have the most money, weren't in the best of health. Hey, they didn't even care the fact that I'm black and that they're white. They didn't care the fact that some of their own family members disowned them and had a problem just because of the, just because of the race issue. But they said, we believe that God has a purpose and a plan for this baby. And can I tell you, church, in just a few months, I'll turn 35 years old, been over 30-something years without a seizure and the only reason I'm here today is because God reached his hill and hand down he touched my body saved my soul filled me with the Holy Ghost and called me to preach how many of you know here today that God still answers prayers amen, amen. so here it is that you have some people say well I don't believe in prayer anymore I don't believe in miracles I don't believe in healing and I'm thinking to myself that's exactly why you don't see it because the Bible says in the book of Micah, I am the Lord, I change not. Hebrews says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. How many of you understand that though maybe times have changed, maybe customs have changed, maybe people and methods have changed, but how many of you understand that Jesus Christ has never changed? So here it is. We must continue in prayer. Amen. It's amazing to me. Sometimes people after service will say, well, Caleb, I'm praying for you. And I'm thinking to myself, how are you going to pray for me if you don't even pray for your own fr uh, friends and family members? Amen. How are you going to pray for me if you're not praying for the city of Trustville and the city of Clay? 
Because how many of you know that we're living in a darkened and fallen world and people are dying and on their way to hell? But how many of you know that we are called to stand in the gap to plead the blood of Jesus and to believe that God is going to save people and that he's going to draw them to themselves? And how many of you know that God is not done? Understand something, friends. The world is a bad place and a dark place. And to be honest, it might even get worse. But how many of you know that every single day we're getting closer to the second coming of Christ? And how many of you understand that God did not call us to hide behind four walls and talk about how bad it is? But how many of you know that Matthew chapter five says that we're called to be salt and we're called to be light? And how many of you know when light and darkness gets into a battle that the light always wins? In the book of John, it says that the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. In other words, it's saying that the darkness cannot overcome the light. The problem is, though, is we don't have enough people that want to let their light shine. Amen. How many of you know that you can't just get on a plane and go to another state or another country and let your light shine for Jesus? But how many of you know you got to do it in Trustville and right here in Clay? Amen. You got to do it when you're when you're at a sporting event, when you're on the ball field, when you're in the office, when you're at school, anywhere and everywhere that you go and everyone you come in contact with. That when people look at you and they interact with you, they should not see you, but they should see that you're a representative and an ambassador for Christ. Everything that we do should bring glory to Jesus. Amen. So here it is. I want to talk to you tonight about when the answer is delayed. So here it is. I shared my testimony with you just a little bit. My parents would take me to church, to the Methodist church, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and ask people to pray for me. Some people are like, Benny and Patty, you just got to accept that this is just the way that things are going to be. Caleb's always going to be like this. You knew what you were getting yourself into when you adopted him. And they said, no, we believe God's going to touch him. God's going to raise him up. God's got a purpose and a plan for him. And all because two people had faith. God touched me, healed me. And now I'm able to travel the country and share hope with the hopeless. One minister that I met when I was a teenager, I was called to preach when I was 15 years old at youth camp. And there was a man that I met that at that time he was a youth pastor and later on he became an evangelist. He became very busy. He was in his mid 50s and all of a sudden the doctors told him one day, hey man, you have cancer, you'll be dead in six months. Uh, we call him Bear, his name is Bear Gibson, but he goes by Bear. And he says, no, he says, God's gonna touch me, God's gonna heal me. The doctor's like, dude, you don't get it. You're in stage four cancer. Six months from today, your wife will be a widower. You won't be here. Here it is. He had to stay at UAB literally for about three straight months at a time because of the chemo, because the radiation wasn't able to go anywhere. Hardly anybody other than his wife was able to come visit him because of everything he was going through. He had no immune system. So at that time, even just a basic simplistic cold could have been the end of it. Finally, he gets discharged from the hospital. He is able to come to church every so often when he's physically able to. He would sit on the back row. He would stand up and testify about God's goodness, God's faithfulness, and how God was going to touch him and heal him. This man was so weak, he couldn't even stand up on his own power. Literally, his wife would have to stand beside him and hold him up. And Bear Gibson, when he would come, he would say, church, keep praying for me. God's going to touch me. 
God's going to heal me. Sunday after Sunday, when he physically was able to come, he would stand up from the back row and he would do that. I remember I would look around the sanctuary and it was really sad, but you would look on some people's faces and some of them would seem kind of annoyed. Some of them were like, dude, you don't get it. In a few months, you're going to go be with Jesus. You need to make sure you got everything in order because you're not going to be here. But for the rest of us, we had faith believing that God was going to touch him. God was going to heal him. Well, can I tell you, friends, he's back out on the evangelism circuit traveling and preaching today. And can I tell you that was years ago? Amen. How many of you know that there's still power in prayer? How many of you know that through prayer that God can change everything? One of my favorite stories found in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 38, Isaiah, uh, um, uh, Hezekiah is truly having an awful day. Here it is. The uh, evil king has told him that he's going to overtake the city. The prophet Isaiah came to Hezekiah and told him that he shall die and not live. But what does the Bible say? Hezekiah turned his face toward a wall with tears running down his heart. He began praying and he said, Lord, remember me. I've walked before you with a perfect heart. All of a sudden, God told the prophet to make a U-turn. He went back and told Hezekiah, I would have in this city and I will extend your life 15 years. Acts chapter 12. Here it is that you have James has been killed with a sword. Peter has been taken captive, going to be executed after Easter, after Passover. But what does the Bible say? But the church offered prayer consistently. All of a sudden, the man of God falls asleep. An angel comes into the prison, smokes him, wakes him up. The man of God stands up and all of a sudden the chains of bondage begin to fall off. How many of you know that God is still knocking the chains of bondages off of people? Amen. How many of you know that who the sun sets free is free indeed? How many of you know that he's still setting, pre, setting uh, uh, people free of alcoholism, of drugs, of depression? How many of you know he's still setting people free? Here it is that Peter begins to follow the angel, follow him out of the prison, and all of a sudden the angel vanishes from his sight. Right before that, Peter didn't even fully realize what was going on. He thought perhaps it was a vision or a dream, but it was actually reality. He goes to where the other apostles are. He begins knocking. A woman comes, see that it's Peter, but she doesn't let him in. She turns around, go tells the other apostles. She said, Peter is here in the King James Version. They said, woman, thou art mad. It's not Peter it's his ghost. Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost, but it wasn't a ghost. It was Peter. So I just want to tell somebody here tonight, no matter your circumstances, no matter your situation, no matter what you're facing, how many of you know that we cannot give up, but we must continue to go to God in prayer. Amen. Maybe some of you here tonight, maybe you raised your, your kids or perhaps your grandkids in church faithfully. You tried your best to teach them about the things of the Lord. And now they're running like Jonah 100 miles per hour in the opposite direction. And it's like they don't want to hear it, want nothing to do with God. And you feel so down and out and so discouraged. But I want to tell you, in the Old Testament, God said, I looked for a man that would stand in the gap and I found none. But how many of you know that we got to stand in the gap and continue to call their name in prayer? How do you respond when the answer is delayed? When you've been seeking breakthrough at times, honestly, when it feels like your prayers aren't getting any higher than the ceiling. And it seems like everybody else around you is getting their prayer answers and they're getting breakthrough. But it's like it just hasn't happened for you yet. Do you get mad? Do you blame God? Do, do, do you say, forget this whole thing? Or simply, are you a person that stands up boldly by faith and choose to believe that God has a plan for you? Amen. How many of you know life is not always easy? Life is not always fair. 
Some people, they tell me, well, Caleb, if I was an evangelist like you, if I could just fly around and stay in hotels and preach, then I would feel the same way. But you don't know what I've been through. Amen. Here it is that I had seizures. The doctor said I wouldn't make it. My brother died when he was seven. I was five years old. I still remember it like it was yesterday when they lowered him six feet under. And I remember thinking to myself, I'll see you again. I've been divorced. I've been through bankruptcy. I had a car crash through my apartment. I mean, literally, there was a teenager driving and they ran through the front door of my apartment on a Wednesday night, knocked over my entertainment system. Had I had missed church, I would have been dead if I was in the living room. Think about that the next time you want to skip Wednesday night. <laughs> Could be the death of you, I'm just saying. <laughs> During all that, still traveling, pre and traveling the country, preaching the gospel, telling everybody about how good and faithful God was, even though I was hurting on the inside. I never blamed God. I was never mad at God. But finally, one day I was just having to come apart and I was just crying in my apartment saying, God, I can't take any more. And all of a sudden, as I was praying in English, started praying in tongues, I got a phone call just like that. Pastor friend of mine said, Caleb, I know this is random, but God just put me just put you on my heart. I want to go buy you two new suits, buy you a carry-on, and a new suitcase. I'm not a present-the-need kind of person. He had no clue, nor did he even hear of what was going on. But how many of you know we can take things to God in prayer? And God has a way of working things out. And in that moment was when everything started to turn around. Amen. I want to tell you, friends, life's not always easy. It's not always fair. I've read Genesis to Revelation and God never said that it would be. But he told the disciples, oh, I'll be with you always until the end of the age. So here it is. We must be people of prayer. When the answer is delayed, I believe that God's not done. I'm believing for signs, for wonders, for miracles for radical healings. I never forget my first out-of-state revival. I was 22 years old preaching in Batesville, Arkansas, and there was a man that had the substance in his back pocket, walked up to the altar, took it out of his back pocket, set it on the altar, looked at the pastor. He said, I don't need this stuff anymore. I just met a man by the name of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. I'm believing for homosexuals to become saved. I'm believing for alcoholics to take their beer, their wine, their bulls, their, their, um, their um, alcohol and turn it upside down and pour it down and say, I don't need this stuff anymore. I'm getting drunk on the Holy Ghost. I'm believing that men that have beat their wives will get saved by the spirit and become gentle giants. I'm be believing that people that are depressed out of their mind, they're having suicidal thoughts will be set free. And they will discover that God loves them, has a purpose and a plan for them. Friends, I believe the best is yet to come. Amen. I'm the only preacher, probably the only person in America you will ever hear uh, say what I'm about to say. I understand fully that people are going to go to hell. We know just from reading the Bible, more people, unfortunately, are going to go to hell than go to heaven. But I'm just going to be honest. I hope that Jesus waits a while to come back. 
Well, Caleb, what are you talking about? Don't you see how bad it is? Yes, I fully understand it. But I want to tell you, friends, there's more people I need to get. I need to see get saved. There's more people that need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's more healings. There's more demons we need to cast out. More babies we need to dedicate. Friends, I want to tell you that this is not a bad time to be alive. But how many of you know that God is still moving all throughout the earth? And what we must do here tonight is turn off Fox News and Newsmax and CNN and all the rest of them. And we need to tune out the world and be tuned into the spirit of God. Are you depressed? Anxious? Worried about how you're going to make it? What may come your way tomorrow? I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds my tomorrow. And with the Lord, I can make it through anything. And so can you. Amen. When the answer is delayed, keep on holding by faith. Because the best is yet to come. Here it is that I am believing that God will open up the right doors and he will close the wrong ones. Amen. And understand something. When we pray, we must have faith and we must believe. Here's the kind of faith I'm talking about. I understand in the book of Matthew in the New Testament it says that faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. But when I say that we must have faith when we pray, this is what I'm talking about. After you prayed about it, you've given it to God. It's done. It's settled. It's finished. We're not going to wonder about it. We're not going to worry about it. The brother stood up here a moment ago and told you about the building. I don't I, I'm not a prophet, nor am I a son of the prophet. But can I tell you, friends, if it's the right building, everything will work out. And if it's not, that's OK. God has another one that will work out. Amen. The same thing for those of you here tonight that maybe you're single and it seems like every time you get on Facebook, every time you go on Instagram, all your friends are posting pictures of their weddings, this and that. I want to tell you, friends, that just because you're single today doesn't mean you're going to be single forever. Amen. Maybe you live in an apartment and you're wanting to buy a house, but it's like the interest rates are through the roof. And you think to yourself, man, how am I going to make it? My rent keeps going up year after year after year. It's like it's like I'm up to my neck, barely making it to survive. And it keeps going up. I want to buy a house. People tell me to buy a house because I'm throwing away money in rent. But the interest rates just keep spiking, just keep going up. And I'm struggling to pay rent, but I can't afford a house. Friends, I want to tell you here tonight to hold on by faith. How many of you know he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider? The answer was delayed being given to Daniel. But how many of you know he still got a word from God? Maybe some of you have been praying about something for three days, three weeks, three months. Maybe it's been three years. Don't give up now. I really believe if it wasn't for Benny and Patty Gordon, my parents praying for me and refusing to take no for an answer, I wouldn't be here. I'd be dead. But praise God, because of two peoples persistent in prayer, you see the end result standing before you today. And here's the amazing thing. God is no respecter of persons, meaning God doesn't love me any more than he loves you. He doesn't love you any more than he loves me. 
But how many of you know here tonight, he loves us all the same. Friends, I want to tell you, the best is yet to come. I believe God will answer more prayers. I believe we will see more miracles and healings take place. But how many of you understand here tonight that even though I 100% believe that fully without a doubt, that if God did not answer another prayer, if he did not heal anyone, if God never did another thing for us, how many of you know here tonight he's done more than enough already by sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us? So that one day we can spend all of eternity with him. Amazing grace. How can it be? I want you to know if you feel like you're stuck, you're not the end of the road. Amen. Trust me, I've been there. I'm one of the most private people you will ever meet. Honestly, me being a minister does not fit my personality whatsoever. But the reason I'm able to stand up and tell people about everything I've been through is because I want people to know if God has saw me through, he will do the same for you. Amen. It's amazing how God spoke to a man in Virginia, told him to come to Alabama. And a group, a team of people left their home state as well to come down here to be a part of what God is doing. My friends, that's just amazing. I'm just believing for great and wonderful things to happen in this church and through this church. And I pray that you all stay unified because how many of you understand this is not about you. It's not about Tyler. It's not about me. But how many of you understand that this all is about Jesus? Yes. His will be done. Yes. Amen. And how many of you know that as long as we stay on the same page and we stay um, uh, humble before the Lord and we stay on our knees in prayer, how many of you know that God will lead us and guide us? Don't be frustrated when things don't work out. Amen. I'm single. I've been single since uh, since 2015, 2017. And can I tell you, friends, I don't understand it sometimes. It's like I'll go on a couple dates. So I'll be talking to a girl and it's like things are going great and wonderful. Boom. She just goes me. Boom. We're just better being friends or just whatever the case may be. But I don't let it bother me. I don't let it get me down. I'm like, hey, you know what? If she's not the one, the one must be very amazing. Amen. I want to tell you, don't be upset when things don't go your way. Understand, we can't see what's around the corner, but how many of you know the Holy Ghost can see what's up the road? Even if you lose your job, I don't care how you lose it. I don't care if you were laid off. I don't care if you made a mistake and you got fired because of it. How many of you know that God can give you a better job down the road than the previous one that you had? Aren't you thankful tonight for his grace and for his mercy? And I'm going to tell you, friends. By far, Caleb Gordon is the biggest screw up in the room. But by his grace and his mercy, I'm still here today. So I just want you to know, maybe you feel like that you've made a mess of things. Maybe you feel like you've broken into a thousand pieces. But how many of you know that God is the potter and we are the clay? If you would, please stand with me as I get ready to close.
Amen. May not be in my best message tonight, but it's what I feel the Lord wanted me to share. And over these next few moments, can we just spend some time with the Lord? Amen. So much going on in the world that sometimes that we just kind of become bogged down in our minds. And if we're not careful, we will let outside influences begin to influence the way that we see things and the way that we view things. But how many of you know, friends, that we got to get lost in the word like never before? I'm talking about daily. We got to set time aside to spend time with God. And I want to tell you. Maybe you haven't got the answer yet. But the answer's on the way, I believe. Keep praying, keep believing. With the natural eye, we can't always see what's going on in the spirit. But we know God is moving. We know God is working. So here tonight, the altar is open. If you have a special need you'd like prayer for, I want to invite you to come. And I want you to understand something about altar time, whether this service or any service, you don't have to have a need to come up here. Amen. When I was a teenager, I would be the first one to the altar. People thought I got saved like 10 different times. Little did they know that I just wanted to be in his presence. I don't sit on the front row tonight because I'm a minister. I was doing that when I was 15 years old. Because I just want to get lost in his word. Amen. And I want to tell you the best is yet to come. I know the enemy's been lying to you. I know things have been weighing on you. But child of God, you're going to make it. Amen. So here tonight, the altars are open. And to be honest, I'd love for every one of you to come. But whether you walk up here, whether you stay back there, God can touch you. Amen. Yes. So as they begin to sing, the altars are open right now. Lord, I pray you touch these people in Jesus name.